All right. So uh, before we begin, I would just like to state for the record that today is October 14th, 2020, and my name is Ben Bauman, and I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm speaking via phone with Thomas McComb, who is in, is it Westfield, Indiana, or Noblesville? Noblesville. Noblesville, okay, in Noblesville, Indiana, and we are doing an interview for the Indiana Legislative Oral History Initiative. So just to start off, when and where were you born? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. And what yeah, were you... October, oh. October 19, 1936. Okay. Perfect. What were your parents' names? Uh, John and Margaret McComb. Okay. Uh, where is your family from originally, before Indiana? Ireland. <laughs> when did they get to Indiana? Gee, I don't know. You don't know? Okay. So they've the been... 1800, something like that. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And uh, what were your parents' occupations? Well, my father was uh, president of uh, McComb Ignition Corporation, which was an automotive uh, repair and... Uh, supply company. Okay. And my mother was a housemaker, homemaker. Right. Okay. Did you have any siblings at all? Yes, I have one sister and a brother. Okay. And uh, who were the most influential people in your childhood? Well, I guess my dad... And also my uh, first grade teacher, I suppose. Okay. And why were they so influential? Well, my my dad was um, uh, a good good buddy to me, and uh, the teacher was well. She just taught good citizenship. Oh, okay. Sure. Now, what understanding, if any, did you have about your family's pol- political views growing up as a kid? Uh, they were all Democrats. Okay. <laughs> did you? Ta- I'm, I'm, yeah. the, I'm the turncoat. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you talk politics much with them as a kid growing up, or? No, but. Uh... I listened to them. Okay, sure. Now, what schools did you attend as a child and teenager? Well, I attended Lakeside Elementary School, uh, Forest Park, um, 7th and 8th grade, and Northside High School Okay. in Fort Wayne. <coughs> And how would you describe your educational experiences overall? Uh, good. Did you have any favorite subjects or extracurricular activities? Well, uh, I was very proficient in music. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, vocal music, uh, which I did not come to recognize until I was in Oh, maybe a freshman in high school. Yeah. Interesting. 
That's great. Everybody in the family said I could sing as a little kid. Yeah. But it didn't mean much. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> um, as a child, what were your views about the state of Indiana or being a Hoosier? Oh, I don't know that I had any particular views. Oh, okay, it's just kind of, yeah. Didn't process, didn't think much about that, I guess. Pardon me? I guess you, you probably didn't think much about that, I guess. No. Yeah. Um, let's see, did you go to college? Yes, I did. And, uh, went to Indiana University in Bloomington and uh, uh, University, Indiana University Law School in Annapolis. Oh, okay. And what was your bachelor's degree in? Uh, business uh, marketing. Cool, okay. Um, now, I guess, uh, what was your thoughts about graduating from law school? What did you want to do right away? Did you think about, like, what type of law you'd get involved with? or? Well, I, frankly, I had been in the insurance business. Okay. And I did not take uh, the law school uh, uh, education. Mm-hmm. to practice. Oh, okay. I wanted to use it in my own business. Sure. So I, I never did practice, nor did I want to. Yeah, okay. Cool, okay. And, um, see, when you were in college, were you, were you a part of any clubs or organizations or sports teams? Yeah, I was a member of Kappa Delta Rho Fraternity. Okay. And I was in the, um, I was a soloist in the Singing Hoosiers. Oh, cool. Wow. That's neat. Yeah, I, that was a great experience. I bet. Wow. Did you get to travel around with them at all around the country or? Oh, yeah. And uh, we were married when I was in school and uh, they were going to Korea. Mm-hmm. in the summer I forget what year it was but in the summer and uh, uh, I couldn't go because I really we were as poor as church mice oh. so I I got a uh, a uh, internship position at Shilato's department store in Cincinnati which I had to take yeah. because of a uh, the financial situation. Right. George Krieger was director of the Hoosiers. He he was the man that actually started them. And when they started, it was all men's glee club. And then it turned into a mixed choral group. Okay. Well, well, George was not very happy with me that I couldn't go. Oh yeah. But, <laughs> but they. He and his wife still invited Norma and I over for dinner and played bridge. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> wow. Let's see. So, how would you uh, view your college experiences overall? Uh, it, basically, it was enjoyable. It, it was hard because I had to work also. Yeah. And uh, my wife worked in the registrar's office, 
at the university. And, uh, but overall, it, it was a, well, it was a tough experience, but it was good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, did your awareness of politics change as you got older and you went through college? Yeah, I, I uh, became active. I guess it was a morality race. Okay. In uh, in Bloomington, and became active in the Republican Party. I had been a member of the Young Republicans in, mm-hmm. in school, and uh, that's really where I got my political start. Yeah. And what did your parents think about that? Well, my father was dead. He okay. died when I was 12 years old. Oh, no, okay. Uh, my mother was, well, apolitical, you know. Yeah, sure. Okay. But I think she was a Democrat. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> now, what was your first job out of, I guess, which is, what was your first job out of high school and college? Well, out of, well, in high school, I had, oh, a couple, three jobs. I started out as a kid about 12 years old, working in a restaurant, peeling potatoes and busing. Wow. <laughs> That's after my father was killed. Yeah. And then, um, uh, oh, I worked at a jewelry store and a shoe store and so on. So I got, I got quite a bit of experience, you know, in, yeah. at least in the retail area. And then out of college, my first job was with the Provident Mutual Life Insurance Company of Philadelphia. Oh, okay. And that was selling. And I, we remained in Bloomington. Right. And then I got involved in the JCs down there. And I don't think the JCs are around anymore, but that was a young men's organization, 21 to 36. Uh, junior Chamber of Commerce, they call it. Okay, interesting. And then we stayed in Bloomington uh, for a year, and I really got active in the JCs. And then uh, they asked me, the company asked me to move back to Fort Wayne to open an office there, which I did. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Now, if you don't mind me asking, you mentioned that your father was killed. What exactly happened? He was in an automobile accident. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Um, Now, when did you start thinking about getting involved in politics as a politician? Well, it was back in Fort Wayne. Okay. And I became involved in the morality race up there. Yeah. Uh, a man by the name of Harold Zeiss was running for mayor. And he had been 
a friend of my mom and dad's, he and his wife. Mm -hmm. And I had written him back in college saying, I don't know whether you're Republican or Democrat. Which was very naive. But I said, I'd like to get involved in politics. And he had been superintendent of state police under Governor Harold Hanley. Well, he then went back to Fort Wayne and ran for mayor. Well, one night after dinner, I got a call and said, we're meeting at my house, can you come over? So I got involved and then I was uh, then um, co-treasurer of his campaign. Oh, okay. And that's how I really got involved. And from there on, then I decided I wanted to run for the legislature, which I did, and won the primary and the general election. Yeah. So I was in the House for four years, and then I ran for the Senate, and was in the Senate for four years. And then I decided that enough is enough. Okay. And retired. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Now, yeah, I want to get more into your politics, but but first off, um, when did you get married? Got married in 1957. Oh, okay. Uh, fe- fe- February the 9th. Okay. And uh, what's your wife's name? Norma. Norma, okay. Do you have any children at all? Yes, we have four children. Oh, okay. A boy and three girls. Excellent. Um, and, and we have nine grandkids and four great-grandkids. Wow, all right. Uh, uh, three, three of the uh, uh, great-grandkids are triplets. Wow, that's all incredible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> now, how did your uh, family influence your career as a politician Oh, very little. Very little, okay. Yeah. I mean, my wife was behind me, you know. Yeah, sure. But um, uh, my dad was gone, and and my mother, as I said, was kind of apolitical. Yeah. Now, as you initially became involved in politics, what were the key issues or legislation you championed or wanted to fight against? Well, in my first term, I was asked by some people to uh, sponsor a bill, which was called the Telecommunications Bill, Mm, which hooked all all of the uh, state universities together by telecommunication. And then later, other schools within within the state were allowed to participate. Yeah. That that was a that was a big, big bill and I was very happy to sponsor that. Sure, sure. And then I also <laughs> sponsored no fault insurance. I was mm. uh, chairman of the insurance committee. Oh, okay. In the Senate and also the House. Yeah. Um but in the Senate, I sponsored a no-fault insurance agency, which 
uh, fell like a, a rock out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, now, did you have any national political heroes or state or local political heroes? Well, yeah. Uh, e. Ross Adair was our congressman from the 4th District. Okay. And I very much enjoyed E. Ross. And Vance Hartke. Vance Hartke was a Democrat from Evansville and was in the United States Senate. And he and I became very good friends. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> now... <clears throat> Did you emphasize anything in particular when you were campaigning to get elected to the Indiana General Assembly? You got the microphone on, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Yes, I have the recorders on. <laughs> Probably a lot of BS, like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Standbys, uh, yeah. Proper representation and sure, and you know the people are the are the bosses and right. So yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so your campaign strategy is pretty much like everyone else's. You think it didn't deviate. I mean, yeah. What else do you do? You know. Right. Right. <clears throat> do you remember who your main opponent was? My what? Your main opponent? Oh. Well, when I ran for the House, we had we had five representatives. Oh, okay. Elected from Allen County at, at large. Yeah. And in the Senate, um, we had, um, let's see, there were three of us from Allen County. Mm-hmm. And, jeez, I, I can see the guy, but I, I can't remember his name. Right. Says Senator Claghorn, I think. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now, did you have any, like, important issue in your mind before you got elected that you wanted to change in Indiana, or? Not particularly. Okay. Um, I not that I can think off on hand. Yeah, sure. What about uh, your first election day? How did that feel? Uh, my first election day. Yeah, when you got elected. Oh, I was elated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, what was it like when you walked into the state house for the first time? Well, the the first time was we had uh, Dr. Bowen, Otis Bowen, was Speaker of the House. Yeah, and he was a former governor then too. Sure. Okay. And uh, we had a a Republican uh, caucus 
before the uh, session started, and in which time we elected our leadership, at which point then we did elect Doc Bowen as speaker. Right. Uh, so that was really my first uh, entrance into the uh, into the uh, house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But then, you know, going in, uh, the first day of the legislative session was, well, you're kind of in awe, you know. Right, right. Now, were your expectations for the legislative process more or less complicated than you expected? No, they weren't. Um, I had I had done uh, in the JCs. I had been president of the, of the Fort Wayne JCs. Okay. And I knew Robert's rules of order pretty well. Yeah. And you know that's that's what's followed. Right. So I didn't have any problem with that. Yeah. Okay. So did you feel then that you didn't really have to learn too much about the ins and outs of state politics because you were already familiar with it? Well, no, no, not, not to say that. Okay. I, I, I did have to learn how to become a politician. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Uh, you know, within the, within the decorum of the, of the group. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that... That wasn't hard to learn, though. Yeah, okay. Did you have any political mentors once you got settled into the Indiana General Assembly? Any political what? Mentors? Oh, sure. Um, Yeah, both Democrats and Republicans. Oh, okay. Uh, um, You know, our, our session... Our sessions back then were not filled with the vitriol they are today. Oh, okay. And you know, you know, as a freshman, I got help from both sides. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had a question, I could go to a Democrat that I trusted, um, and I get a straight answer. Yeah. Or to a Republican, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it was much different than, than it is today. Yeah. Now, why do you think it's changed so much? Well, I think society has, has had a lot to do with that. Okay. Society in general, there's more vitriol in, in, the, in our societal situation today than we've, we've ever had. Yeah. And it flows over into the government. Right. Yeah, it's... I, I've... And, and it's too bad. It's just yeah. sad. Yeah. And, I, you know, I've, before you called, I was listening to the, the Barrett hearings. Right. And, uh, you know, it's the same old garbage in there. They just try and... and um, uh, make you... Make somebody embarrassed, I guess. I don't know. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard uh, several legislators I've interviewed in the past from 
but around the time you served in the 60s and 70s, say the same thing in terms of how much different politics is today than it was back then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we were friendly. Right. And uh, in fact, I when I was a freshman, we had, I think, 67 Republicans in the House. So there was an overflow. Uh, and some of us had to sit on the Democrat side, which I chose to do. Yeah. So I sat in the last row uh, on the Democrat side. Okay. Well, boy, I made a lot of friends with the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> That's cool. Um, now, how did you know the needs and wants of your constituents? Well, that's that's through the political process. Okay. I mean, we had open forums. Yeah. You know, like the Chamber of Commerce and have them and, you know, different groups. Right, right. And you hear what your constituents are concerned about. Mm-hmm. And then if you give a damn about it, you try to do something about it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. What were the regular interactions like between the different members of the General Assembly, formal and informal? Oh, very, very good. I mean, you know, a lot of us would go out to dinner together, Democrats yeah. and Republicans. Um, Frank O'Bannon, who later became governor. Uh, he was in the Senate, and he and I became great friends. And, in fact, I even financially supported Frank when he, when he ran. So, you know, there was, a, there was a mutual trust and understanding between the parties. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. Now, not to say that we're always on the same page, because obviously as Republicans, we had our own platform on what we wanted to do. Yeah. And they had theirs. Yeah. However, these things were shared. In other words, uh, they didn't do anything to sabotage our, uh, you know, policy situation that we wanted done, nor did we do anything to uh, damage them, other than talk about them, you know. Yeah. yeah. Get up on the floor and, and castigate it. Right. Who were any submarines involved? Right, right. Now, what about the differences between members of the House and Senate? Well, the House, as it is in Washington, is more of a fluid body. Yeah. I mean, anything and everything comes before them. Right. And they might pass anything and everything. Yeah. The Senate is much more deliberative. 
Right. In, in, in Indiana, there were 100 members in the House. There are 50 senators. So it, it, in the Senate, it, you know, uh, we, we took a little more time. Yeah, yeah. More deliberative, I should say. Now, what did you think of the process of generating a bill? Did it seem like it was pretty straightforward, or was it complex? Or No, because we had the Legislative Service Agency, uh, which um, worked for both the House and Senate. Yeah. And you, you gave them the background of what you wanted. They wrote the bill. Yep. And then they gave it to you to peruse and you'd make any changes before it was finally printed. Yeah, so they fixed it, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Was it complicated to garner support for your legislation at all, or was it usually you kind of knew who to go to or knew beforehand whether it would get support or not? Well, uh, no, it, it wasn't an easy process. It, you know, you had to you had to go around to individuals and talk up your bill. Yeah, um, that's the way you got things done. Uh, you can't just have a bill and have it introduced up before and <laughs> start talking about it. Yeah, not, not knowing who the hell's going to support it. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> So how was legislative business conducted outside of formal votes and committee meetings? Well, going to dinner, having a drink. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, that type of thing. Sure. Did you have a pretty good idea of how people would vote prior to actually voting? Sometimes. Not always. Yeah. Sometimes you know you had a you had just an easy bill which was not complicated and you really didn't have to talk it up much. But if you had something that you knew was going to garner some uh, headwind, yeah, uh, then you had to you had to politic, right? What about? Party leadership. How influential were party leadership when it came to whether certain bills would get passed or not, or even, you know, brought up in the first place? Oh, very. Yeah. Absolute, absolute power. Did you ever have any conflicts with party leadership? Oh hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> And in the Senate, Phil Goopman from Fort Wayne, uh, Walt Helpke and I, and Phil, Phil and I had clashes often. Oh, okay. You know about things, but it was it was par for the course. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. You couldn't take it. I couldn't take it for granted. Just because he and I were from the same town. Yeah. That he was going to favor what I wanted to do. Okay, yeah. 
What would you say the public does not know about how the Indiana General Assembly operates? <laughs> about 100% they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? I don't think they care. Okay, yeah, just lack of interest. Yeah, uh, until, until something involves them. For example... In Fort Wayne, we're in the lake area, you know, Angola and so on. Yeah. Lake James, Clare, all those lakes up there. Well, I, you know, people were getting cut up by speedboats. Wow. Swimmers, you know, and skiers and so on. Yeah. And kids 12 years old were driving 100 horsepower boats. Oh, my gosh. So I, I sponsored a bill that you had to be 16 in order to have anything over, I think it was, 10 horsepower. Yeah. And man, you should have heard them. <laughs> they came out of the woodwork. I thought I was going to get skinned up and tied to a tree. Oh my gosh. And I've got phone calls at home on weekends when I was home and so on. But but Roger Brannigan, the Democrat governor, was was in at that time. And <coughs> I, I got the bill passed. Wow. And both House and Senate. I was in the House at the time. And I got a call from the governor's office one day. He said, Tom, can you come down here? And I had never been in his office. And I said, well, I certainly, Governor. So I went down, and there were some guys walking around in his office. He said, and Roger had, had used pretty tough language. <laughs> okay. He, he said, you guys get your asses out of here. <laughs> he motioned yeah. me to come in. Yeah. I sat down across from his desk, and he said, the reason I called you down here was uh, to talk to you before I vetoed your GD bill. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I said, oh, Governor, he gave me the opportunity to, to sell him. Yeah. And, of course, Roger was a Democrat. Right, right. And he let the bill go with, without his signature. Wow. So apparently I sold him. Or he liked me, one of the two. <laughs> That's funny. Interesting. Now, how did your legislative service affect your family life? Well, you know, my kids were growing up and behind my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And you're gone all week, you're home on weekends, and boy, you know, it, it's, and then you're still not free because you're getting telephone calls at home. Yeah, true. So, yeah, it, it's, it's tough on a family. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. 
What were the most controversial legislative issues during your time in the General Assembly? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. I, I, you know, that escapes me. That's okay. No problem. I'm 84 years old. <laughs> My memory isn't so good anymore. No, that's okay. No, no problem at all. It's, if you ha yeah. The questions are... I know there were some. Yeah, no. that's okay. Not a big deal. It's Whatever you can remember, that's all that matters. So, not a big... Okay. Not a problem. <laughs> okay. Um, now, do you remember a piece of legislation that took a really long time uh, to get done, or...? Sorry, I, I can't remember. Okay. You know, some, some took much longer than yeah. others. Yeah, sure. Um, but specifically, I, I can't remember. Okay. What about, uh, what was your proudest moment as a legislator? Well, I guess, I guess getting that telecommunications act passed. Yeah. Okay. Um, that 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 was a a big big piece of legislation and and a boon to the universities. Yeah. Sure. That's so, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That one. And that that took a while because it cost some money. Mm -hmm. You know there were. Millions of dollars involved in the hookups and so on. Yeah. Now, what would you say was the biggest hurdle you overcame during your tenure, or not, sorry, not tenure, but just during your time in office? Uh, I guess understanding. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's it's a complex job. <laughs> yeah, you you think you know it all sometimes. Yeah. And then you uh, you come to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. True. That's right. You get a wake up call every now and then, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, in your opinion, is the most important work of the Indiana General Assembly? Well, it's to provide for the safety, welfare, um, uh, uh, financial, uh, and health well-being of the state. Yeah, okay. And if I've missed some, there are probably others, but those are four important ones. Yeah, okay. Now, I know during your time of service, uh, Unigov was a topic that was, yes, it was being debated. What do you remember about Unigov? Well, I was called over to Dick Luger's office. <laughs> okay. One day. Yeah. And was given a a little primer on what Unigov was and, and so on. And 
I wasn't the only guy. I think he talked to probably 150 legislators. Yeah. Uh, mostly Republicans. You know? Yeah. But <clears throat> it, it gave me a... Because I really didn't understand it. Yeah. You know, until he gave me a primer on it, and then I did. And I, I backed that. Yeah, okay. And... So why did you think that uh, Unigov was important? Because of the complexion of Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, much different than Fort Wayne or South Bend or Evansville. You know? Yeah. Um, they had they had much more to deal with uh, as a, as the largest city and as a capital city. And uh, it just made sense to me that uh, that form of government would work because prior to that, as you know, it was all the same mm -hmm. uh, throughout the cities. Right. So uh, Dick Luger uh, convinced me that uh, it would be a good thing for Indianapolis. And I supported it. Yeah, okay. Sure. So, overall, looking at your time as a legislator, how would you summarize it? I'd summarize it as a grand experience. Okay. I, uh, I enjoyed my time there uh, 90%. And... Um, I made a lot of friends of leg other legislators yeah. and lobbyists, um, some that I trusted and some that I didn't trust, lobbyists that is. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just a lot of people that I still cherish and, and remember and a lot of them are gone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite story or anecdote from your time as a legislator? Yeah, I, I, I do. It was okay. funny. It was in the Senate, and I was up on the floor trying to promote my no-fault insurance bill. Okay. Are you familiar with what that was? Um. A, a little bit, but it'd be good if you explain it for everyone that ever no listens to this. Auto insurance. Yeah. So it meant that whoever whoever was in the accident, there was no fault. Yeah. On the other party, so both insurance companies would pay their own damages. Yeah. That was that was it in a nutshell. Right. Well, I was on the floor. Um, just sermonizing like crazy. Okay. And I just got asked a thousand questions. And finally I threw the bill in the air and I said, Sayonara. And <laughs> sat down. Oh my God. It, it brought the Senate down. <laughs> yeah. You just got tired of being up there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was dead. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> but boy, did they laugh. 
That's funny. <laughs> wow. Do you remember what the, the vote count was on that? <laughs> there was no vote. They didn't even do it. Okay. <laughs> you just, just give up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Damn, my ship sunk. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Wow. <laughs> well, wow. Okay. <laughs> So maybe a good transition then is what lessons, if any, did you learn as a legislator? What lessons? Yeah. Uh, patience. Yeah. Um, friendship. Um, don't talk too much. Um, be a good guy. Yeah, okay. Do you have any regrets as a legislator? None. Okay, great. Yeah. The only, the only regrets I had, Ben, were, as I said earlier, my kids grew up behind me. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. What advice... But all, yeah. But, you know, all, all my good friends are now gone. God, I, I'm the only guy... Out of all the House, we had five House members that I was a um, member of yeah. from Allen County, and we had three senators. Yeah. All of the rest of them were gone on both both houses. Wow. So, you know, I, I've lost some very dear friends. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. What advice would you give to future legislators or even current legislators? Well, I'm not going to advise any current ones because they have their own thoughts. Sure, okay. But for a, a young guy starting out wanting to do this, uh, don't rush into things and think you're going to make it on your first first try. Yeah. I did. I was lucky. Yeah. But things are different today. And, you know, the the opposition, as weak as they might have been when I was there, has now gained strength. Yeah. And so you don't have uh, run-of-the-mill candidates from the Democrat side anymore. Right, right. And you've, you've just got to keep a level head and, and campaign like, you know, thinking you might lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't think that, but you campaign like that. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, that makes sense. How has this... And yeah, go ahead. Was that... Uh, you were talking about a young guy. Uh, was that your question, getting into the... Yeah. Into the fray? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, as I said, uh, to, 
as I would say to you, don't get discouraged if you don't make it the first time around. If you're still interested, go back and do it again. Yeah. And if you're worth your salt, you're going to make it. Right, right. But, you know, I can't or nobody else can can say, oh, you're going to win. Um <clears throat> Because you're so handsome. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that... It's just, it's, just a, it's just a hell of a lot of hard work. I mean, yeah. nights out, going to different rallies and, and you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, today, more than the person-to-person touch, they're, they're using the media yep. more and more. Which seems to me to be a shame because, you know, if a politician can't shake hands, there's something wrong. Yeah, true. So, it, it's a it's a people-to-people thing, not an electronic thing. Right, making those connections and, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's good advice. Um, when thinking about now the state of Indiana as a whole, how would you say the state has changed over the course of your lifetime? Well, probably a little more progressive, and I mean a little more liberal. Okay. Uh, but not much, not much. I'm proud to be a Hoosier. Yeah. Because we are endowed with a sense of conservatism and not packing the court. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) How has the Indiana General Assembly changed? As as I said earlier, I think there's more. Uh, what do I want to say? Contempt among members. Okay. Um, I think I used the word vitriol. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Before and I, I they don't seem as friendly as we were. Okay. On both sides of the aisle. Yeah. And I, I, as I said before, Ben, I think that's, that's due to the societal norms yeah. that we've got now. Sure. Yeah, I, things have definitely changed, I guess, with the age of the internet and... Um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and guys can't get their, people can't get their noses out of their phones. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, when I speak to somebody, I want to I wanna look at them. Right. I want them to look at me. Yeah, yeah. Not at their damn phone. Right, yep. These yeah. things have, are sure, they're, they're a blessing, but they're also... A, a bandit in disguise. Yeah, I think uh, 
you hit the nail on the head there. That's true. It's it's their technology definitely has its downsides. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, let's see. I, I, can, I, I haven't been back to the legislature, but uh, I suppose, well, I know, uh, without even supposing, they're allowed to have their phones on the floor. Yeah, yeah, probably. So they're missing half what's going on. That's <laughs> <laughs> Probably, probably true. It probably can happen. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, last couple questions I have for you. Um, now you mentioned conservatism. What other enduring qualities do Hoosiers still have or hold dear? Well, I think um, compassion um, for their neighbors. And the citizenry in general. Yeah. Uh, financial integrity. Um, the health of our economy and our people. Yeah. Those are some things I think about, yeah. Okay. What do you want... Hoosers to know about their role in relation to the function of the Indiana General Assembly? I want them to know a lot more about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, they don't get it from the newspaper. In fact, I don't even know how many people read the newspaper about the assembly when it's going on. Yeah, true. Um, it's probably the sports page and the comics. Yeah. But, um, but you know, we had some damn good reporters back then. Gordon Engelhart from the Louisville Courier-Journal. And, um, oh, Jesus. Well, from, uh, I, Ed, oh, geez, I can't remember his last name, but that was when the, we had two newspapers. Yeah. Indianapolis Star and what was the evening paper? Um, uh, anyway, he, yeah. he was he was the evening paper. We we had we had good people. Uh, yeah. Back then, and they write they they write a true story. Right. Okay. You know whether you liked it or not. It was it was a true story. It wasn't a bunch of BS. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess a lot of complaints about today with the media is is that there's just a, a lot more opinion pieces now instead of just news. And it's bonafide. Yeah. I mean, the the complaints are bonafide. Yeah. Yeah. We and. The, the news media is so liberal today mm -hmm. uh, they can't see the trees from the forest. Right. And they have one point of view, period. And, and that seems to be, unless you're in a small town with one newspaper, that seems to be the trend all over the country, this, this liberalism with, with the news media. 
Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's about all the questions I have for you. Is there anything that you remember that I didn't ask about or? No, you're pretty thorough, Ben. Oh, okay. Good. Excellent. You're pretty thorough. And, and if, if I were about, uh, 20 years younger, I might be able to remember more. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. That's uh, par for the I course. I picked my privilege in, though, this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what that is, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's all right. You you did pretty well, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I think your memory is working pretty well, so nothing to worry about there. Um, All right. Thank you so much for, for taking part in this project and, and being, being willing to do an interview and stuff. It means a lot, and it's going to be really helpful, I think, for the project. So. Well, you're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.